All right, we're back. Christmas edition of the Surviving Golf Podcast, survivinggolf.substack.com. We are here for our last episode of 2024. And because it's our 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 ultimate, our pent ultimate, what what is our final episode of the year? Uh, we're going solo. The casting couch is taking taking a break. Um, before we take a break and start season two uh in 2024. But I'm excited to to end the year. It's been um been a pretty cool year starting this in january doing it pretty consistently we got i think like some 50 something episodes because of you know because of the attention and uh yeah i hope we uh, i hope we go out with a bang um i know we got some great great announcements to make um starting with uh the most important announcement is that the the you know the 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 root of this podcast was and is um surviving or survivor pools in the pga and ours will be coming back at the beginning of 2024. Uh, we'll we'll be returning to our roots. Uh, the pool is coming back. It's an exciting time uh, for me. It's one of my favorite things of the entire year. Um, so I'm excited to go over those rules, sort of get everybody, you know, back excited for that. And uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully get one winning week in the NFL before we move on to 2024. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, first time Ed and I doing a, a solo show in, in quite a bit. Um, we've been blessed to have a number of great guests over the uh, previous, you know, two and a half, maybe months over the, the over the NFL season. So thank you so much to everybody. And and yeah, just reflecting back on this year, 2023, um, incredibly thankful and, and, and happy with the way that this um, podcast turned out the way that the the um survivor golf pool turned out and, and so many other things that we've been able to accomplish um over this calendar year you know it's not easy to ask people to um support and come on the show and dedicate their time and and do all these different things that we ask with with people's busy lives and work lives and family and all that sort of stuff so um we're incredibly appreciative for all that stuff and yeah we're looking forward to a great um 2024 and and very excited for the pool and i know ed and i both have um big aspirations of, of making this pool um very popular and and trying to get as many entries as we possibly can so you can prepare to be um very annoyed by us in the coming weeks and try and get you to sign up um but yeah we're looking forward to it we have some a uh, few format changes that we'll kind of highlight um as we go on here but yeah we're looking forward to it for sure yeah, I've already I've already started the nagging on my end, and I've gotten a uh, a stunning amount of interest already. I really think last year, uh, once we got into it, sort of became a pretty popular um pretty popular thing. I know a lot of the people that were in it last year are back in it this year with with more entries with a different strategy, and that's to, you know to be expected once you do it and learn from your mistakes. Um, but a little a little modification this year, so uh, you know not not that we have to harp on the basics here, but last year it was uh, every week. Every entry that you have with a max of three, you pick a golfer uh, who's entered in the in the PGA tournament of that week. And if your golfer made the cut, you'd move on. Um, the trick is you can't repeat golfers throughout the year. So there is some strategy in, in who you pick and in what events you reserve, you know, the um the primetime players for. Um, this year a little bit different, um, because golf is a little bit different if, if you haven't heard over the last uh six months. Um PGA incorporating way more. Uh, small field, no cut events, and obviously that would just normally be an off week. Uh, if if you know your pool was determined on who makes a cut, and there are going to be quite a few off weeks in that case. So we've changed things sort of with the times. And this week, or sorry, this year, uh, during every tournament, cut or no cut, 
uh, we're going to be taking the top 50 golfers and ties, and that will be sort of representative of the cut for an entry. So whatever golfer you pick at the end of 36 holes, um, you'll be, you know, we'll go to PGA.com. We'll check the tournament. Top 50 and ties will move on. Anybody below that will not. Uh, and just to sort of answer a question that's already been asked, like, so I know that cuts in some of these events are not top 50. So there's a chance that your golfer will have made the official tournament cut, but will not have been the top 50 golfers. That entry will, you know, progress on in the tournament, but will be eliminated from the pool. Um, and that's how we got to play it with sort of the new format. Uh, there are a very limited number of tournaments. I can only think of one off the top of my head that play a rotation of three different courses and, and they're, you know, their real life cut is after 54 holes. And for those, those, and only those three course tournaments will also sort of adopt to take the top 50 after 54 holes so that every golfer has had a chance to play uh, each course one time. I can only think of the Pebble Beach um, off the top of my head, um, but I'm sure there's one other that I'm missing. Um, also a rule modification this year um, because of an unfortunate uh, food poisoning incident for John Rahm last year. Uh, we will be accepting, if you so choose, and there's really no downside in doing this, um, with each golfer that you submit for an entry, an alternate golfer um, that you can submit in case your golfer uh, your original golfer withdraws uh, for injury or illness um, at any point, uh, you know, before the the 36 hole um, cut. Um, now, every time a player withdraws, the official PGA Tour communication, Twitter, and announcements give the reason for that. Um, and and we're only sort of like going to go to your backup if it's an injury or an illness. Like there are many times where a golfer's you know seven shots outside the cut line. Um, a tournament gets suspended because of darkness and that dude just doesn't feel like coming out at 6 a.m. and playing two holes and then going home. So he withdraws. Um, if the withdrawal is due to performance, um, that that golfer is going to be eliminated and you won't get your alternate. But if your player gets hurt or gets sick, um, you know, we'll sort of put him aside and, and your alternate will take the place uh, in your entry. Um, obviously, your your alternate cannot be a repeat. Um, and if your alternate gets cut or doesn't come in the top 50, you'll, you'll be eliminated just the same. Um, I think that's all the, all the basics and sort of the modifications entries are $25 a piece. You have one opportunity through the year, um, with every entry that you have to buy back that buyback total would be a hundred dollars. Um, if you choose to do that, uh, here's some math that, that nobody really realized last year. It is cheaper for you to buy three entries off the bat than to buy one and buy it back. I know a lot of people sort of had buyer's remorse uh, when they got cut midway through the season. Um, if if you're invested in trying to win this, like take three entries, pay the 75 and maybe go buy there. But like I said, 75 is cheaper than 125. So that's my advice. Um, I think that hits pretty much everything. We're going to start at the Sony Open on January 11th, uh, 2024. That'll be the first uh, official PGA Tour event with a cut. Um, and yeah, like I said, this is something I get super geared up for. I know we'll sort of start to tailor the podcast a little more toward golf. Um, yeah, one, one of my favorite things of the year. Did I miss anything there in explaining all that? I know that was a long, long monologue. So no, I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, very, very excited for this upcoming PGA season. Very excited for the um, pool, obviously. Yeah. Just a couple things to highlight, uh, building off some of Ed's points. And one of the things that we kind of emphasize coming into this year, and one of the things we're really going to focus on 
is uh, please just be like on top of your stuff in terms of like submitting the picks and and knowing who you've picked previously. Obviously, with like submitting a pick and an alternate this year, you're submitting two golfers, so it it becomes even more important that you understand who you still have available. Um, and you know, with it being the second year, people kind of knowing what the deal is and 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 knowing the schedule and all that stuff, we, we're kind of expecting hopefully that people are are just able to submit their picks on time, and we're not going to have to send out constant reminders. Hopefully, uh, and we're going to be less lenient in terms of people not sending in picks, which we saw a number of times happen last year. Um, and the other point, yeah, yeah, just um, buying the multiple entries at the start pays off right like the we saw the final three last year myself ed and scott i don't think it's a coincidence that all three of us started with three entries and ended up in the final three like just able to outlast uh quite a few people that only submitted you know minimal one or two entries um and yeah if down the road you want to make the decision that you know you got out early and and you have three entries and you're not going to buy back one or, or maybe even two then then that's fine but i think having um having a solid chance to win kind of falls upon starting with those three entries. So uh, hoping everyone sort of buys into that this year. Um, but yeah, I think um, the the new modified schedule this year presents a little bit of a challenge. I think with the top 50 and ties, it's going to make, um, it's going to make it tough this year. I mean, making the cut with, with top 50 is, is more difficult. Obviously we've seen in the past um, several years, it's been traditional like top 65 and ties. Um, and it's already very difficult at the beginning of the year when we aren't seeing a lot of form um, and just don't have a lot of stuff to go on um, with how these golfers are going to look coming into the beginning of the season. Um, so I think we'll see some some quick and some quick um, uh, people being knocked out this year, you know, as, as the first few weeks go on. So um, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, Kev, you hit on two great points that I sort of want to reemphasize. Um, I think last year, because it was the sort of inaugural year, and because of our our desire to to keep interest in in the pool, we were pretty lenient on reminding people of picks and giving people, uh, I'd say, a pretty long rope in terms of when they submitted their picks. I know we had a couple people that submitted them after tee off, and we sort of let that slide sometime um, this year. Uh, now that we have one in the books, and and frankly, and and transparently, like for fairness of everybody else. Like we got to be pretty strict on on doing that, and I think we'll sort of have like a zero tolerance policy for, um, for late picks. Um, I don't think there's any issue in like reminding somebody who they picked in the past, um, but it's really hard at you know six twenty in the morning to be chasing people down to to put their picks in before tee off. Um, so probably gonna not do that this year, and you know I I know that doesn't make us the nicest guys in the world, but those those picks will just be gone this year. Um, that is one. And yeah, I, I think, um, I think that's pretty much it on my end that I know I had another point there, but I forgot it. Um, like I said, I, I do think at the turn of the new year, we'll sort of maybe have a more even split between golf and football, uh, as you know, football sort of gets to the playoffs and, and winds up that season. Um, I do think, and this is sort of just off the cuff here. I know we haven't talked about this, uh, but last year when we were sort of previewing tournaments, we had a lot of theoretical picks and who we'd pick and what their odds are and who we liked. I think this year sort of in the vein of, of this football and keeping track of our record and our percentages, I think I'm going to keep track and give us both a hypothetical budget all year. And each week we will spend our hypothetical budget and see who comes out on top with sort of these long shots. Like I, I do like when I when I said picks on the podcast, I actually did bet them. 
I didn't really keep track of how much I won, but I, I've been, um, I would say impressed, but that's not the word. I've been unimpressed with my performance in football and it sort of keeps me accountable to to my my bankroll and how I've been doing and I'm interested to see I know I know I hit a couple a couple like tournament winners last year like and I know any of those sort of will buoy you for the entire season but I'd love to keep track to see how we're actually like following through on on guys making the cut betting some long odds betting some just you know even money first round leader stuff um, just to be a little more concrete in in what we actually might know about this sport rather than just saying it. So I know that's off the cuff and I don't really have that ironed out. I literally just thought of it 10 seconds ago as I was looking at my pathetic 45% win percentage in NFL right now. Um, but I've been, I've been, you know, joyed with joyed and it sort of gets some of the competitive juices flowing to, to be competing in something and to have your progress at least tracked for everybody to see good or bad. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just something I just sort of, like I said, thought about 10 seconds ago. No, I like that. Um, yeah, especially the tracking aspect and having that sort of budget there. I think maybe outlining like the type of bets that we take, obviously, if it's going to be just outrights or whatever it's going to be, or maybe even you don't have to do that. If you just have a budget and you can kind of allocate it to exactly. whatever you want, I think that's fine too. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting piece there is like kind of figuring out the strategy of, of where where to spend the dollars and, and all that. Um, yeah, another, just one more point for me is, uh, the probably my last, um, point that I want to make is, is please p- feel free also to share the pool. Um, Ed and I don't mm. mind, you know, whoever wants to be in is welcome, welcome to join. Um, I know I saw something from, uh, somebody that Ed and I both follow somebody who, um, on Twitter that does a lot of stuff in this space, um, is Pat Mayo. And if you haven't checked out some of his stuff, he does great, um, all sort of like fantasy content and like football, golf, everything. Um, but he made it, he tweeted this, this past week about, um, survivor, you know, surviving golf pools and basically saying that like, it was something for he, that he and his dad really connected on. He said, his dad doesn't really understand anything about gambling or DFS. And it's something that just so low maintenance that they could connect on and talk about golf just for the week. Um, and he like really appreciated it for that. Um, and that's what I would say is that most people I think are, if, if they don't want to, um, join the pool, it, it, it might be out of fear of like, maybe perhaps lack of golf knowledge. And and that really should not be a deterrent, right? Like you, you can do very minimal research and and not yep. have to do much about, um, the PGA tour to, to do well in a pool like this, quite frankly. Um, and so that, that, that's what I would say, you know? Yeah, we had a few relative pairs in in last year's pool. Myself and my dad, uh, Dylan and his dad, and you and your stepdad. Uh, I know my wife was in the pool, and and like when Kevin says like there's no research required, like trust me, there is literally no research required. She was part of the final four, and all she did was just ask me if a certain golfer was playing in the tournament, and then email that golfer to me. So, it's a it's a cool thing and a frustrating thing about golf where. You can uh you can be good at it if you research it a ton like we do, or you can be good at it if you don't like my wife does. So it is it is sort of like a fun little social activity. It's very low maintenance. Like you don't have to keep track. Like I'll you know I'll tell you if you're eliminated after the week if you don't want to watch a single shot. But I also did find that a lot of the people that did enter found themselves watching uh golf that they would not normally watch. Like you know a Friday afternoon like guy you know that they've never really watched playing the 16th, 17th and 18th trying to make a birdie. And if you're invested even slightly and have even a a shred of competitive juice in you, 
Um, that'll get you going, like rooting for some dude that you you know you you have no connection with, just trying to make a birdie. It's fun. Um, if if you don't believe me, just try it. Uh, spread the word. I know it's it's one of our our favorite things. So um, we're excited to get that going. Um, all right, that's that's all I got on that. Uh, let's let's get into our last set of picks for the for the year, at least in the spoken word. I know that we will have a. Uh, the newsletter is queued up for next week as well as this week. Uh, and next week I will include our picks regardless of whether we say them. But this will be the last pick, the last week where we sort of get to reason out um, why we lost, or at least why I lost. It, it, it makes me feel better if I have some good reasoning behind a poor pick. So, uh, yeah, I'll try to do that again. Um, uh, last week recap real quick. Uh, Kev, three and two. Myself, two and three. Uh, Ryan, number two, was also two and three. Um, so a pretty, a pretty mediocre week. Um, I just, I mean, I've already sort of complained enough and I don't want to whine too much, but I, I just cannot get out of this funk. I haven't had a winning leak in about a month and a half. Uh, and this is my second to last chance to do it before 2024 ends. So I hope, I hope this is it. Um, and I'm going all teams that I've, that I've trusted uh, except for one. So I'm excited to get into it. So I will, I will start because I'm anxious. Uh, my first pick will be a team, uh, that frankly threw away a very large win. Um, and if you watched their game against the Ravens, um, I know they ended up losing. I know the Ravens ended up covering, but I'm going back to the well and I want the Jaguars, uh, getting one point, uh, at the Buccaneers. And here's my reasoning. Um, this is a Florida game, so they're certainly used to the heat down there, used to the conditions. Not super worried about the home field advantage. Uh, the Jaguars left at least uh, 15 points on the table against the Ravens. Uh, just some inexplicably poor, uh, like I would say red zone, but it's not even red zone, like inside the five-yard line play by them. Um, Trevor Lawrence uh, fumbled the ball without being hit. Um, they also mismanaged uh, the clock at the end of the half worse than I've ever seen and then missed two field goals uh, that started in the red zone. So uh, any of those turn into a touchdown, it's an entirely different game. I think that sort of weighed their line. I was surprised to see them getting a point against the Bucks, who are sort of, you know, buoyed around in sort of a garbage division. Uh, so in what amounts to a pick them, um, I'm just going to pick who I think is going to win that game. And I do think the Jaguars are going to win that game. I like that. Yeah. Um, both those teams are interesting. I don't, it's hard to place either one of them. Similar records, right? Both around 500. Um, yeah, I did not, did not take that game. I'm just, I, I don't feel very confident in either one of those teams and, um, not really sure what they're going to bring to the table, but I I have no idea what to make of the Bucks. by the way. <clears throat> like they play so good some weeks, they play so bad some weeks, like, like, Packers were obviously a pretty popular pick, uh, you know, yeah. coming off that Chiefs game. Jordan Love was playing better. Um, and then, yeah, just laid an egg and, and like Baker Mayfield, like, looked great. But like, do I ever trust that team in a big spot? Like, not really. I just have I have really no feel for them whatsoever. So that's my hope is just to maybe not know enough to to make a good decision. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start off with. uh Team that came through for me last week in a thrilling nine to seven victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely um, exhilarating. <laughs> just, I'm gonna ride them for week two. Uh, I know some uh, obviously big implications. If they win this game, things are really going well for the Patriots. So I'm gonna ride with them again. They're getting four and a half points at home. I'm gonna take the Panthers against the Packers. 
Um, and I think they win outright. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. I do. All right. Um, and I, who do you think who do you think is the worst quarterback in that division? If I had to ask you that. Oh, got Ritter for sure. I think so too, right? Ritter and like Heine- young, or Heineke, like, whoever's playing for the Falcons, so right. bad. Yeah. Like I think I think Bryce Young has more talent than Ritter. Agree. A hundred percent agree. I like, I think the, uh, I know this is not a good look for a number one pick to not really win many games and look like this, but he's got like as pathetic a, a offense as like the Patriots do. So I don't really know what he's supposed to do. Um, but I think like, I think he is better than whoever the Falcons are playing, like just by far, especially like they actually have some like weapons on that team. Like, yeah, I, I think he's the third, third best or second worst in that division. Wow, that would be that would be huge for the Patriots. I'll tell you that. I don't I know will... what the okay. So if the if the Panthers win, then they have their tie with the Patriots in terms of record. I don't know how they determine the tiebreaker for that. It's like strength strength of victory at the end of the season, and I don't think yeah. you can really determine that yet. Um, I know there are a couple teams. Like I read something, and and like don't fact check me on this, but that the the Cardinals and the Patriots also have a tiebreaker, but somehow like the Patriots will win that tie regardless because of the strength of victory already or strength of schedule or whatever it is. I don't know how the, the Panthers um, fare in that because I've never really thought they were going to drop the number one pick. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the Packers looked real bad last week. So this is a lot of points, uh, especially at home. And I will give you the, uh, I'll give you the full five um, because that's what the, that's what the line is right now. Not that you, right, not go. that you normally need four versus five, but if you get a half point, um, I'll take it. You could take it. Yeah. Uh, all right. That, that was, by the way, uh, I don't know if you saw the crowd shots of that Panthers Falcons game. If there were like 1500 people in that entire stadium, like that would be an upset. I think that looked yeah, like the most yeah. miserable. There were tickets less. going for 40 cents uh, on StubHub before the game, 40 cents to go to an NFL game. Um it looked Insane. absolutely miserable. And then, yeah, nine, six is just, you know, the, if, if you did pay 40 cents to get in, you know, you got the price of admission for 40, no, nine, nine, seven, I think, dude. Nine, oh, seven. oh, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> they made the extra point. I apologize. <laughs> um, all right. Wow. That's a, uh, the Panthers are a tough team to bet on, but I, I like it. I, I did not touch that game. Um, all right. I will go <laughs> my next pick. I hate to do this. But there's a team I've ridden all year that is just, it, it's over for me. I have to get off the bandwagon. And I've sort of been like notoriously against the team that I'm on. Uh, I want the commanders uh, getting a field goal at the Jets. Um, and I'm just done with this Jets offense. I, th- I think it's uh, the the display last week, um, watching Zach Wilson run for his life uh, every single play last week, just hoping for them to score like one full point uh, was enough for me. I know that he's not playing because of a concussion. Uh, and if it's Trevor Simeon or whoever that is at the helm, like I just don't like them to score any points. Uh, the commanders um, at least can score a little bit. They're never really boring. Uh, and if they're getting points um, at the Jets, especially with that defensive line versus offensive line matchup, um, I'm sort of into that. And then to go sort of like off the field stuff, like I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers recently came out and basically said he's not going to be coming back this year. Like the playoff chances are done. Um, the Jets sort of stink of a team that might be ready to just like entirely roll over as if last week's throbbing wasn't enough. So uh, I've been on them all year, but I have to go against them right now. Um, give me the points with Washington. 
I like that. Yeah, I actually am on Washington as well. Um, plus three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just th- this whole this whole season for the Jets feels like it's been incredibly disappointing. Obviously, but I think that when you First of all, just to have listened, like to make everybody like suffer through this listening of Rogers, like saying that he's going to come back for the entire season and basically like string everybody along. And not that like if you think if, if you if you um know anything about injuries in the NFL, you know that it's like, you know, he's not coming back. But I think he honestly like duped ha- half of that organization and like half of the like that their their fan base because. I, I don't know. I'm sure they like that organization is one that is historically obviously struggled over the years. I don't know. I think it's been like four, 14 years since they've made a playoff appearance even. Um, and so I think like he, the, the way that he's come in and has been expected to sort of like save the franchise. I think that if, if your franchise doesn't have, like the right pieces and the right decision-making from the top down, I think to expect like a quarterback to come in like that at the end of their career, isn't going to make that much of a difference. Like if you compare it to like Tom Brady going to Tampa, like Tampa sort of already had pretty much all the pieces that they needed for him to go there and be successful. And like, is he a great all-time quarterback? Yes. But like, if you put him in that same scenario and send him to the jets as great as he is, I just don't see that kind of, um success that he can have so for and and i guarantee that like when when rogers went down i i'm sure that he was in the ear of of everybody making these decisions saying like no don't go out and and dra- you know and get somebody else in free agency yep. like I'm josh dobbs like any of these yeah, guys yeah you look at like what dobbs did for for minnesota and like yeah was it short-lived sure but like he, he kind of kept him afloat there for a couple of weeks right like um, I don't know. It just, it, it feels like a, a, obviously, I mean, it has been a waste of a season and they're going to come back with him next year, but, but I don't know. I'm not, not too hopeful. I'm not, I'm not as harsh on Rogers. Cause I, I do feel like as outlandish as it sounds, I do think if they were in the playoff push, he might be coming back like not this week, which was like his target, but maybe before the end of the season. But I do, I never think it's a good idea to just turn your entire franchise over to one player. And I think that's, that's what the jets did with him. Um, not only with like his, his sort of baiting with the injury, but like, as soon as there was even a rumor of him being available, like they went out and signed all of his buddies, like Alan Lazard, big money contract, like sucks. Uh, Randall Cobb, short money contract, but is, is old and, and now not good anymore. Dalvin cook, like comes in like all these sort of like big name, um, but low production veterans, um, the offensive coordinator, obviously like his buddy. And I just feel like he came in and ran the organization for the most part. And like the Brady comparison is a really good one. Like he came in. I don't think they, I don't think they really changed anything that they were doing except for maybe like tailoring the offense to his strengths, which is fine. Like I have no issue with that, but he wasn't like demanding personnel changes or, or any of that stuff. It, it's just a, a risky proposition, especially when that player goes down, you know, four weeks into the, or four plays into the season. Um, always weird. And like, this is going to veer into like Patriots territory, but that's almost been like a gift and a curse of the Patriots is like truly like nobody gets personnel input except for the Patriots. Like they never sort of go all in with like all like expensive talent. Like it's always like, it's always modeled to be, and it hasn't worked out recently, but it's modeled to be like sustainable over the long term. And, and, you know, you saw that for 20 years with, with Brady. Um, 
but the idea was hopefully to never bottom out. And like I said, obviously that hasn't happened this year, but the Jets went all in and now like the the come down from that investment is going to be brutal uh, in a couple years, you know, when they're paying Rogers 40 million and then all the talent that they've had and now wasted on these rookie contracts, like, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, like sauce Gardner, like these guys will eventually have to get paid. And now all the time that you had to have all these studs on cheap contracts will be gone because you, you had to sign, you know, 40 year old receivers and, and receivers that only block uh, for the Packers. Um, yeah, overall disappointing, but like I said, I, I think they're, they're definitely close to just like sort of folding and I hope it starts this week. Yeah. I think I'm kind of back and forth on that a little bit in terms of like the, the players getting a say, I agree with, I don't think that somebody coming into the organization, no matter what their accolades are and what their resume is coming in, should ever get any type of say, if it's a guy who's been there, like, I can see like Mahomes in Kansas City. I, I could see him yeah. getting a say, right? Like he's shown obviously incredible off the charts talent, but also like loyalty to the organization i think over like that kind of time period and building that kind of resume you can you know demonstrate your dedication and like allegiance to the to the team that you're on yeah and if you want to get a say, i have no problem with that but an outsider coming in despite their resume yeah i i just don't think it's ever a good idea to, to give that sort of decision making power to um, especially when he's making bad decisions too. like, yeah. I, at least I trust Mahomes, like the talent evaluation a little bit, but like yeah. everybody, nobody wanted Dalvin cook before this season, like nobody. And you had Brees hall and I know he was coming off an injury, but like 10 million to a, an old running back who Minnesota didn't want, like just felt like a, well, I've played against him in the NFC North for a lot of years and he was good for the last five years. So let's have him on the let's have him on the, the Jets too. It was a weird, yeah, just a weird, like irresponsible, uh, irresponsible method by them. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of of winning franchises, uh, my next pick, uh, since we're we're both on Washington, right? Against the Jets Correct, right there. Yeah. So back to yeah. me. All right. Uh give me the Lions, minus three, uh, at Minnesota. Um, I just like Nick Mullins, I thought would be an improvement over Josh Dobbs. He's not uh, an improvement over Josh Dobbs. And I just think like the Vikings defense been playing a lot better, but I just don't trust them to score with the lions who I think are like finally, you know, after sort of a lull a little bit have looked a little more spry the last couple of weeks. I've really liked that. They're sort of finally getting Jamison Williams involved uh, a lot more, like just adding more explosiveness to that offense. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is sort of taking on like Montgomery was sort of the one and, and, you know, Gibbs was sort of the change of place guy for most of the year that is sort of flipped a little bit. And Gibbs is like, so electric, like one of my favorite players to just watch on television, uh, looks like he's moving at a different speed. Um, so in indoors at the Vikings, uh, divisional matchup, giving less than a, giving a field goal, um, I'm just way more confident in that Lions offense. The only thing I was sort of hesitant, um, like I feel like all Lions lines have been for the last couple of weeks, looked like just suspiciously low considering the state of both these teams. So that sort of gave me some pause, but I do trust the Lions offensive uh, offensive ceiling way more than I trust Minnesota. So I'll go with them. I like that. Yeah, I didn't. I was kind of back and forth on that game. Um, I do think the Lions are trending sort of in the right direction, but. Um, just didn't have enough confidence to sort of go with that. My next one is going to be um, I'm going to take the Bears at home, minus four against the Falcons. Uh, excuse me, the Cardinals. Um, 
I know the Bears had a disappointing uh, performance last week, but um, sort of like showing some bright spots of late in the last like two or three weeks. Um, and I think the Cardinals obviously just just very poor. So I think only four points at home um, is is enough for or or too few to to get the cover. So I'll go with the Bears. I like that. I like that. Didn't touch it because I, I don't like bad teams, uh, and that's two bad teams. But I I do like that the Cardinals looked lifeless against the Niners last week. So I like that a lot. Most um, most have been. Yeah, it's it's been rough. Um, it, it's been rough for whoever's playing them. Um, but yeah, I, I thought 13 and a half was a lot of points last week. We'll it see this week. We'll enough. see this Monday though. That's a this, good ass game. Christmas night. Yeah. I wanted badly to bet that cause it's such a fun game, but I just could not, like, I really just don't know, um, yeah. who's going to win that. So I didn't. Yeah. I also am not on it, but, um, this is my second favorite game of the week, uh, that I did bet on. Um, I like the Cowboys, uh, getting a point and a half at Miami. Um, Cowboys coming off like a terrible loss in Buffalo. And I sort of like the reason for making this pick, I, I do think it's a good matchup of defensive like pass rush versus a very beat up offensive line. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill may play in this game, but certainly if he plays will not be a hundred percent. And I really think the Cowboys like got to be out for blood after getting embarrassed like that um, on, you know, national spotlight uh, in the rain. Um, getting run all over for like 300 yards by Buffalo. Um, I just like them to come back and, and make a statement to sort of stay alive in like the chase for that division title. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a bet on the Cowboys, but it's also, again, my, my, my weekly fade on the dolphins, which is chose or proven to be, be uh, you know, not so profitable, but we'll go back to it. I like that. So I'll get my next two here because I also, like you, Ed, I'm also on the Cowboys plus one and nice. a half. Quick nice. side note is that uh, Ed and I are playing a big fantasy matchup this week. Oh, so his boy. comment about Tyreek Hill, that's more hopeful than actual. It is. It is hopeful. It is hopeful. <laughs> as long as he can run in a straight line, I'm confident he'll go for uh, 25 points. But just as long as it's not 40, I'm okay with it. I believe he may have also uh, fathered his uh, another child recently, so I don't know if that's going to play four, uh, or four, four in three weeks is what I just read. Uh, yeah, either is that four right? in three weeks or three in four weeks? I forget which. Either one way, it was, the numbers the, the numbers are impressive, man. I'm just telling you, as you know, as a father of one, it's <laughs> like you got to be fucking a lot to to have that type <laughs> of percentage. But you know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, okay, and then my next game, I'm gonna take. Um, I'm going to take the uh, Chargers plus 12 at home against the Bills. <laughs> the Bills obviously coming off an uh, impressive performance against the Cowboys, fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I do think they will win the game, but I just think that 12 points is too many mm. on the road. I don't fully trust the Bills yet and what they're about this year. Um, so I'm going to go with the lifeless. Uh, hey, I don't know who the head coach or the Chargers that new co- That new coach smell is the only thing. Right? Yeah, That's I don't all know that matters. Who it is. But I'm going to go with that, uh, and I'll take the Chargers plus 12. I love that. Well, the only thing that matters is it's not Brandon Staley. So I think I think you're good there. Um, yeah, I had I actually had that game as my fifth game, and then crossed it out and put the one that I will I will do just because like if it was Herbert for sure, like I'd be all the way in. But Easton Stick uh, is is tough. But I do think the nuke like anybody but Staley will get that team going. Um, but the game I crossed it out for is. Um, the Seahawks minus two and a half at the Titans and like no surprise to see me back on the Seahawks. And this is also sort of like my entire 
fantasy life depends on this one game because pretty much everybody in my lineup is playing in this game. Um, and I need, you know, I need them to sort of not let down after that big Monday night win. Um, Gino will hopefully be back. I know I, I've never quite had an experience like I had leading up to Monday night football. Um, I, so quick, quick corollary, because I know there's nothing more annoying than hearing about somebody else's fantasy team. Uh, but I chose to take the risk with Gino on Monday night football. Uh, and it looked like it was going to cost me my, my fantasy life. I didn't play Will Levis. I played Gino. Uh, he then, as soon as Levis was locked on the bench, sort of came out that he wasn't going to be able to play Monday night. And then Monday morning, it was like, he's not likely to play. And then he's declared active. So I think he's playing and I'm watching like grainy cell phone videos of him warming up on the field. And then he's active, but not starting. And then maybe we'll come in like to relieve Drew Locke. And then he's not going to do that. And the reporting back and forth was just something that I've never quite experienced. But all that to say, uh, I think that he will finally be back. And if he's back, I just like I like this Seahawks offense a lot versus the leaky Titan, Titans pass defense, um, especially if Levis can't play, which right now is looking like 50-50 at best uh, with that ankle injury. So if that's the case, I know they're I know they're not a great road team. I know they're traveling east. I get all that. But giving less than a field goal, um, just give me the significantly better team against the significantly not good team. And I also think like the Titans winning that game last week, like is sort of like a Super Bowl for them. Like that was a big win. Now, hopefully, is the let off a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Um, who say? Do I have? I have one more left. You're you're done. Two? You're done. Oh, I'm done. Panther, okay, yeah. Panthers, Commanders, Bears, well, Cowboys, Chargers. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this right. is this is it. This is the last. That's the last spoken word picks. Uh, do we have any closing thoughts? of our last podcast of 2023. I don't think so. I think um, it's been an amazing year, both golf and NFL. Um, I think that, that this is just something that Ed and I re really truly both enjoy doing and look forward to every week. Um, as much time and effort as we put into this stuff, um, I think it just kind of, comes through to show that we don't really know what we're talking about a lot of the time in terms of betting and, and record. Um, but we still like to do it. And um, we, we, you know, enjoy like um, the support from you guys and, and hearing our friends talk about it. Like when we see them in person for me is like, is like truly um, heartwarming and, and I'm incredibly thankful for. So again, thank you for, for all the supporters that we've had in this past calendar year and looking forward to do it again. 100%. Uh, Kev, I've enjoyed the year, man. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a happy new year. Uh, the newsletter will be out tomorrow morning with uh, the Surviving Golf Guide to Surviving Christmas. Uh, make sure you check that out. There's some really, really, really controversial stuff in this newsletter tomorrow. So make sure you're taking a look at that. Um, you know, if you're if you're okay, like consuming that type of, of vile content. Um, but either way, we will have the newsletter out tomorrow. We'll have the newsletter out next week, but you'll hear us again in 2024. Um, thanks to everybody. Happy New Year, and we will see you in the new year.